Systematic. Systematic. Recorded in Humble Park, Chicago. Systematic Podcast. Hosted by Twin Sisters. It's a magic podcast. Alexis and Samantha. Samantha. Just in case your friends are Systematic Podcast. Hey, welcome back to Systematic Podcast. The show about politics, pop culture, and, and sisterhood. Per usual, it's your girls here. I'm Sam. And I'm Alexis. And this is season three, episode three. It's a beautiful day in Chicago. We have an amazing guest on this episode, Shantae Linwood. I'm really excited to get to that conversation and share just like all the really dope things that Shantae has been up to. It's been a, a really beautiful summer in Chicago so far. It's Lollapalooza weekend currently, which is pretty crazy in a current pandemic world. Right. Yeah. So I guess we can just start talking about that and I can go into like my pop culture topics for this episode because I know that we were talking about Lollapalooza in our last episode and kind of like not knowing like what to expect with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did go last night to the first night of Lollapalooza. I was fortunate to to get some tickets i was like let me let me let me check it out i'm vaccinated so i felt like somewhat comfortable going so i think the news was saying that like what did it say like 90 percent yeah lala is reporting that 90 percent of attendees showed proof of vaccination they said uh the other 10 percent was showing proof of a negative covid test within the last 72 hours or so Mm -hmm. they did have like rapid testing sites like in the area like in the neighborhood that i saw that were like open and like free i think for walk-ins too um and then what did they say that they turned away like 600 people yes which who didn't have any proof of vaccination or negative covid test or maybe they tested negative or yeah uh it sounds like kind of a low number to me but yeah i mean they were checking for your vax card but like i feel like they weren't looking that hard at it um so i don't know how legitimate it is you would hope that people are not ignorant bringing fake vaccination cards but Mm -hmm. who knows yeah i was wondering about that because were you saying that you can show like a picture of your vax card from your phone is that a thing uh no i don't think so okay you had to have the physical vax card with you from my knowledge it looked like yeah people like had their cards up and were like showing their cards but it wasn't like also like they didn't like check it against my id or anything like i just showed them my vax card so you could have had like someone else's card in theory like interesting also i wonder with the negative covid tests like how they verify that those are real test results i mean they're not like actually there right i mean couldn't you just like type up like a fake negative test result like i mean yeah people would just be like so petty to do that like just go get tested exactly yeah no Uh, if you are going through the trouble of making a fake vax card or a fake test result card instead of just going to get a rapid covid test you are not a nice person definitely not um yeah so it, it was really interesting um to go and experience this festival in that context I mean, I had a good time. I was definitely trying to be responsible and aware of like my surroundings. Yeah, I went to Miley Cyrus's set and she was making some commentary about the pandemic that I thought was an interesting speech. What about it do you think was interesting? She was just like saying, I think she was like trying to like make positive, like like almost like motivational like commentary saying like, oh you know we all just went through this past like year together and like this is like so beautiful to be here and like i'm hopeful and like lala is like the light at the end of the tunnel or something and i was just like this is fake like talking about in the first place talking about we just went through this together i'm like bitch you were in your mansion 
Um, and, like, yeah, talking about, like, Lala is the light at the end of the tunnel when, like, there's, like, yeah, this new, like, Delta variant, like, spreading. Hold and spreading all across the country. That's really scary. So, it's just, like, I understand, like, wanting to, like, make a positive, like, message of, like, hope or something. But it, to me, it was just, like, not really realistic. She could have said something else, like you know but like be careful and take care of each other and look out for your community like that that would have like been like more meaningful to me but yeah she said that and she also made some comments actually about pride and the lgbt community um she said like happy late pride and was like saying things like that she was happy to be celebrating with her community um and i saw some people at some other sets early in the day also making commentary about pride and uh, lgbt community all-time low at their set i believe they were saying you know love is love and i thought that it was super interesting because i think that all of these artists are responding directly to an incident that happened earlier this week at rolling loud that i want to talk about where uh the baby had a set and was basically just making a bunch of really homophobic uh ignorant comments and like misogynistic comments too yeah they were just like really offensive and out of pocket if you're listening to this and you don't know what i'm talking about basically he was at his set and he started saying prompts like if you are this like put your cell phone lighters up or whatever and he he started talking about aids he, he said making really like discriminatory and stigmatizing comments about people um based on their status yeah like oh if you don't have aids or any deadly sexually transmitted diseases put your cell phone lighters up and it's just like what the fuck like do you why do you care if someone has aids like it's just like so horrible i mean it was just so uninformed like we've come so far with like aids research prevention and treatment that like he in his speech said something like that you know these diseases that make people die in like three or four weeks or whatever and it was just like bro what the fuck are you talking about like right what decade are we in right yeah it was just like really like obviously misinformed and yeah i mean aside from misinformed like directly hateful right we've come a long way in our research and our fight against aids but it is still an ongoing epidemic and it's not funny it's not something to joke about so i'm really glad that there has been so much like public response of people like other artists yeah just um you know not condoning this type of like speech and behavior and uplifting the lgbt community a- and beyond because aids does not only affect <laughs> queer people which mm-hmm. is oh uh, yeah right and on the flip side it's been super disheartening to see other men in the music industry um, step up to defend him especially arguing that he should be allowed to say what he wants to say under the guise of freedom of speech like yeah of course you can say whatever you want but like if you're gonna spread hateful sentiments like you are not entitled to support and especially not if you're not willing to take accountability responsibility for your actions and the impact that they have on other people yeah his apology was weak as fuck and i hope that um you know other people can at least learn from this moving on i'm gonna wrap up this pop culture segment really quick i just wanted to quickly update on some of the other topics that we had mentioned in the last episode britney is making some strides and progress in her fight um, against her abusive conservatorship she's able to hire her own private lawyer i believe and is trying to i believe now sue her father for abuse so we are super here for that and hope that uh, she continues to make progress in in that legal battle to gain uh, autonomy back for herself 
and um, the other topic that I had mentioned last week, I was talking about the beginning of the Olympics. So that is the last last episode, right? The Olympics have started, and one noteworthy thing that I wanted to mention was Simone Biles taking herself out of the competition for mental health reasons and i'm super proud of her for doing that and taking care of herself and just not letting other people's like expectations get in the way of her mental health so many people if she had like an ankle injury or something would be like oh well she's injured yeah that makes sense that she she's not competing but because it's like mental health reasons people think it's like not real or something and yeah i'm just uh, really proud of her and in full support of women especially women of color prioritizing themselves and their mental health and safety and safety like if you're not in a good mental health space and you're doing all those crazy flips like you can hurt yourself yeah. for sure exactly so that's that on that for pop culture um alexis do you want to switch gears here and talk a little bit about politics yeah so in chicago this past month we had a pretty history-making ordinance that was passed in city hall this was the ecps or the empowering communities for public safety ordinance Mm -hmm. it's essentially a bill that uh, attempts to create police reform within chicago police department and if you've been following for if you've been following um, advocacy and organizing around police reform in chicago you might be familiar with a push for a civilian police accountability council cpac right Um, So this bill that was passed was essentially a hybrid of organizing that was done around CPAC Mm -hmm. and another initiative that was being organized by a different group. Mm -hmm. And they came together to create this hybrid ordinance that they thought they could get passed to create this like new chapter in Chicago. So what what does it do? Two main aspects of the ordinance are that it will um, create like a citywide commission on public safety mm-hmm. and it'll be a seven member board and they are elect it's kind of confusing um, but these are people that are going to be elected by voters in chicago but they'll also be partially like selected and confirmed by the mayor okay so we'll see how that goes but essentially this commission will um have a a central role in selecting and removing the police superintendent as well as like police board members and will also have a key role in developing cpd policy so the goal is that no new policing policies are going to be implemented without civilian like insight yeah without civilians weighing in Mm -hmm. so in theory it's supposed to give people more control and power and trans transparency over what the police are doing in the city we'll see how it actually goes yes yeah skeptical and right and as like essentially like abolitionists and people who believe in defunding and abolishing the police is this doing either of those things no but so it's not like necessarily something to celebrate it's no it is something to celebrate i mean it's good but it's like not good enough it's it's a step towards reducing the power of the police and anything that strengthens the people's capacity to prevent or address harm and create processes for community accountability is a step towards abolition. I'm getting a little bit in the weeds, but it's really important when we think about police reform to know the differences between reforms that are going to lead to more like imprisonment and expanding like resources for incarceration and reforms that are actually abolitionist steps that reduce the overall impact and growth of policing and and incarceration so as we work to dismantle incarceration we must resist common forms reforms that create or expand cages because a lot of times people like hear about like police reform and it's actually like things like that give the police more money like oh well we need more money to put this into place or or things like that so hopefully this yeah is something that takes away a little bit of 
of their power and gives that power back to the community. So earlier this week, Governor J.B. Pritzker also signed another pretty historic bill into law. This is a bill that creates an elected school board for Chicago public schools. This was a pretty controversial issue. Organizers and community activists have been pushing for an elected school board for years. Mm -hmm. Because previously to the elected school board, it was like a school board that was appointed by the mayor. Yes, it's a school board that uh, makes decisions for CPS and all the people on board are selected and appointed by whoever the mayor is. So this obviously doesn't create a lot of room for democratic input from families and community members throughout the city to weigh in. The elected school board pretty much tends to just side with whatever policy decisions the mayor is pushing. Not the elected school board, the appointed school board. Yeah, the appointed school board. So this affects issues, for example, like this past year during the movement to remove police officers from Chicago public schools, the appointed school board could have voted to remove police officers for student safety, but they decided not to make that decision um, and left it up to individual schools to vote. Um, So this might have looked different if this was a board that was elected by the people of Chicago. They might have voted differently. So that's just one example. That's just one example of the fact that this new bill and an elected school board might have in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, This won't take place really fully until 2026. Um, So we still have several years before we have a full democratically elected school board in place. Mm -hmm. But we also don't know what this will really look like in action. It's super important to remember that CPS is the third largest public school district in the country and 85% of the students in CPS are black and brown students. So we definitely want to make sure that whatever elected school board will have in the future is representative of the student population and we'll keep you all updated as this moves forward. Lastly, we do have to talk about pandemic updates. We know it's not fun, but we do have to talk about Delta, and we feel like it's kind of our responsibility to update y'all and our community on the state of the pandemic and the Delta variant. So earlier this week, CDC internal reports came out that called the Delta variant as contagious as chickenpox. Basically, they analyzed a bunch of research and data um, on how the Delta variant has been spreading through the country, and we now know that it is much more contagious than the original COVID virus, and it's more likely to break through the protections offered by vaccines, and if you get it, and especially if you're not vaccinated, Delta is more likely to cause more serious disease than other known versions of the virus. So that's scary. It is scary, but the good news is that the CDC's Data showed that vaccines are still highly effective in preventing serious illness, hospitalization, and death in people who are vaccinated. So overall, like the Delta variant is concerning, but the sky isn't falling. We have vaccines. They still strongly protect us against the worst outcomes of this disease. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to continue to push people in your life to get vaccinated. And we also have to think, more about being more intentional about continuing to wear our masks because this variant is more contagious and more easily spreads you should still be wearing your mask even if you are vaccinated if you're in crowded indoor spaces right take care of yourself take care of the people around you and uh, stay healthy y'all we will get through this and it's not forever but that really means everyone doing their part Um, so shout out y'all getting vaccinated and taking care of yourselves we got it and that's that on that for politics we're going to segue now into our guest interview for this episode i'm really grateful that shante sat down with us she does really incredible work here in the city and is someone that i've been looking up to for a while so 
I hope you all enjoy this conversation. And if you have a second, please take a moment to like, rate, review, share on whatever platform you're listening to. That really helps us out and we appreciate it. Welcome. Hey. <laughs> this is Systematic Podcast, and we're sitting here with the amazing Shantae Linwood, right? That's yeah. your last name. Yeah, that's my yes. <laughs> that's your like full first name, right? Shantae. Yeah, and then my middle name. I have two accent marks, Shantae Renee Linwood. Accent on the E. Accent on both E's, yeah. Yes, because she fancy. I'm fancy. <laughs> Um, yeah, Shantae is an amazing event producer, DJ, curator, comedian, right, actor, right? Like, just overall, like, creative genius, mom, mother, right? Is there anything else that I left out? Um, nah. That was good. good. Yeah, I think that's good. (laughs) Multi-talented bad bitch, basically. Sweet, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I actually, Sam and I were doing some research, like, before this interview, just, like, being dorks, making sure, like, trying to, like, look up other things you've done, and, like... Because, like, I, I know you, obviously, but, like, you have a really extensive uh, history. Right. <laughs> and there were so many things where I was like, this is amazing. Like, right. you are just, like, a full... Like, it seems like you um, kind of, like, throw yourself into, like any type of thing that you think is like fascinating or you're passionate about yeah um, so. i just like to try things yeah a little bit more about you for our listeners you have started like multiple party series and like collectives right that center women mm-hmm. and like femmes yeah. here in the city there's pussy control girls cliche dollhouse right and these are like span like years right of like projects but um yeah that's like really incredible to like dedicate so much of your time to like creating like spaces for women and we're here for it yeah same i mean same to y'all look at you doing the same exact thing so we trying yeah so part of my research um i was just like looking up like random like articles or things that were uh featuring you in the past several years and I noticed that you set a lot of inspiration for your work in creating um these like intentionally women-centered spaces was kind of like in line with why we do this podcast you were in these spaces and like people weren't recognizing you as like a leader or um like the visionary behind the projects um so I thought that was really interesting because we're like a few years apart in age so like i can only imagine like what your experience was like in this city yeah. back then first starting to like make this type of change in the community oh yeah it didn't it didn't exist at all yeah That's not crazy. saying like i'm like i started this or anything but i think that it, you were like a pioneer <laughs> for sure it it definitely I actually remember some of the the first moments where I was like, I want to do this because of this, this, and this. And it's just like to me about um, like when I notice a gap, I'm like, how can we fill that? And one of the biggest things was I felt like I was I was DJing already for so long and participating in all these like events that are predominantly male centered and and in general the industry, music, in anything in the world's male male dominated. So. I remember just feeling like, why, why is it that us as women will go to these male-dominated spaces that will like objectify us or not support us or make us feel wanted and, and included? And so, I really wanted to try to create spaces that would be exclusively inclusive rather than exclusive. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and that sparked a lot of things, like a lot of different things that we started doing. I love that. Um, can you give like a little bit of background like 
how did you yeah first get involved like like djing or just like involved in like nightlife or like what came first yeah it's i was just telling when i did my my practice answers with my friend angie earlier (laughs) i was just talking about um how like really how i got started in all of this is i'm from dunlap it's a really small town outside of peoria and uh I just remember I was one of the only few like black people and from a very young age I was like I want to make movies I want to be a director and so I had decided to go to Columbia and at that I time I went to Columbia too yeah for, <laughs> I went for fine art <laughs> look what you're doing I feel like nobody most people that go to Columbia end up not doing what they're it's true went there also a lot of people don't finish I, yes. which is which is fine but I did I didn't finish <laughs> I did the the whole thing but well, i'm sorry i didn't kudos. mean to interrupt you no, it's, good. it's important um yes i, I went to film. i only went for one year but i went for film directing and editing and um and while like i was deciding to go to columbia i was actually like i used to break dance <laughs> and like house dance <laughs> and so in that scene um is when i got exposed to a lot of things that i didn't know about in my my small town where i grew up outside of a cornfield you know, mm-hmm. we had we had ride your drive your tractor to school day. That's that's how country it was. No, yes, oh yes. wow. Also, but that also came with so much BS, like being called the N word like all the time. Oh no, um, <sighs> it was it was pretty interesting growing up that way and not like really knowing what it was like to be black until I got older. But um, through break dancing is when I started noticing. I was like, I, I wanted to be a singer at one point in my life, and so I was like, how can I do music and everything that I love and um, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to start DJing. But the main thing was I started noticing. So this has happened to me since I was a kid where I wanted to just like destigmatize things or um, I was like, okay, I want to do things that men do mm-hmm. and, and see if I can do it better or I can do it better. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I started DJing and like I learned at the time to play pool and, um, and like get that. really good. <laughs> so we... So it was just like, yeah, that was a, a lot of meaning behind a lot of things where I was like, I, I don't see a lot of women represented in these spaces, so I want to try to do it. And even then, I don't think it was like, like that fully fleshed idea of that, but mm-hmm. it was underneath it all was that concept, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to be better than men at things. So, and like breakdancing was kind of like your first like intro kind of into like the like music, like nightlife, like... Yeah, like hip hop, music scenes, yes. and... And then, oh man, I feel like it was so long ago because I'm I'm 33, so and I've been here since 2006, mm-hmm. so I've been here 14 years, mm-hmm. and yeah, I started DJing 2008, around that time. So, my goodness, I was like going out so much, and even before I started DJing or anything, I was actually throwing parties with people where I would coordinate it and. We had, we'd make so much money off of charging at the door and like bottles and stuff. And we weren't even 21 yet. So that's, (laughs) I feel like that's part of where it started too, which is so funny. I know a lot of people from that scene and I was in a dance crew at that time. And we used to go to parties and dance and, um. That's so fun. So random. I I wish I could dance. I don't think I can do it anymore, but (laughs) I mean, you just got to practice. You could do it. I'm sure you got the moves still. (laughs) You'll never see it. But yeah, that doing that and then started DJing and then it just became a whole nother thing. But really being like angry about women not getting what we deserve and like not getting supporting one another was like a big, big, big thing for me. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's incredible. Were you say something? Sorry. No, I'm just thinking about what you're saying. And I'm like, yeah, I, th- I don't know. It's interesting because like growing up, like these things are so normal, right? So like it's normal that girls don't mm-hmm. play football or mm-hmm. like sports at the same level or yeah, break dance or um, things like that. So I'm just cu- like thinking like, do you know, do you think there was like an influence in your life or like something that kind of like sparked your thinking to be? I was trying to think of this earlier and I couldn't think of like any, I feel like I've suppressed a lot of my childhood so I don't remember a lot, but um So I don't know if there was, like, any singular incident, but I definitely remember even trying to play football as a kid and, like, doing doing things that, like, I think a lot of it was, well, I'm very much a person that if you tell me not to do something, I want to do it more. Mm -hmm. And so hearing no, like, even a counselor in high school told me I would never go to Columbia, that I needed to give that up, and and then I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. So 
that's happened a lot even when trying to start like pussy control people being like that name is to this or we can't do this can't do that and that always just pushes me more because I'm like yeah I'm gonna do it if you tell me I can't do it I'm gonna prove you wrong so I think maybe that's it underneath it all but mm-hmm. I'm sure there was some sort of catalyst when I was a kid but I, ca- I definitely can't remember exactly just always going against the grain right, right. yeah I'm such a rebel <laughs> used to work at Hot Topic <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious um, no, yeah, I mean, DJing, like, I feel like, I mean, just as, like, an outsider or an observer, um, definitely feels like there are, like, a lot more women in it now, which mm-hmm. is, like, awesome, like, I have, like, yeah, like, a lot of, like, female DJ friends, um, and it's so fun, and y'all always go crazy at, at your sets, but, um, yeah, like, we've talked to, like, Lily, you know, DJ Chava, mm-hmm. um, like, about her experiences, um, like showing up to gigs and like feeling like people like especially at least at first like just kind of like underestimate you you, like you don't know what you're doing yeah Yeah. and Mm -hmm. um i feel that i mean yeah i'm like in like a lot of like male dominated spaces myself in like uh like fabrication and things like that or like i'm like always like the only woman like in like Mm -hmm. the wood shop and like the only like non-white woman and and things like that too so i'm like um i know it can be uncomfortable but yeah i feel like it's so important to have women like yourself who like really took that on that like uncomfortableness and like made it more normalized now so many younger women like see you and just like oh damn like i could do that too like that's crazy I'm sure you have so many like young girls that like look up to you even if you don't hear it I mean yeah I think the impact that you and like the like collective building you've done has made an impact like because yeah I was saying like I mean we're like a few years younger so for like our generation or class or whatever like it's still like we're still just at the precipice of like young women like artists who are like singers or um, dancers or mm-hmm. like builders being able to like like make a living off of mm-hmm. their crafts and stuff. Um, so like it's, I mean, yeah, you guys had to like push back a lot on yeah, the culture. Definitely, when, I remember when I started, I could only think of like two, two DJs really stand out in my mind. It was Gemini, um, Gemini Jones. She was like the only woman DJ that did. She owns the studio. Does she? Mm-hmm. That's that's insane. What I love Gemini. So when I started Pussy Control, I had Gemini do like a majority of them in the beginning for sure, and I always just was like, she needs to be at the top. Her name needs to be at the top. She's the original. Like she's so good. She's a phenomenal DJ. She's fucking amazing, and and I'll always pay homage to like the people who deserve it. I'll never be like, I don't know. She's just amazing and. She was like the the only person I can think of before, before I started that was doing what I do now or what I like to do now. That's um, so dope. And it is really cool to see that there's so many more women doing it now. But it definitely was a huge like challenge at the time, especially mm-hmm. if people like to tell you you can't do it, like stay in your lane type stuff. Right. Um, so it is nice to overcome that, but it was definitely hard. Yeah. No. For sure. Um. I mean. Yeah. Pussy Control is definitely, like, a very bold, like, name, like, event series, (laughs) like, name. Um, I love that. I, like, have, yeah, remember, like, going to, like, some of the the parties and, like, thinking, you guys were so cool. Like, (laughs) this is so badass. I'm so excited to be doing it again, too. Yeah, you're, like, so it's it's coming back. I'm, like, um, I know you have, like, a bunch of events coming up, right? Yeah. Like, you're super busy. Yeah, it's been quite a journey from this. I was, again, like, talking with my friend Angie earlier about, like, the, how um, I haven't really done stuff like how I'm doing it again since 2018 after Dollhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, stopped doing everything in 2018. Guys, Dollhouse was so cool. It was, like, a month-long um, event series at Emporium, like, the Emporium pop-ups, where um, it was for, like, Women's History Month, right? Yeah. But they, like, built, like, this huge, like, dollhouse like a life-size like (laughs) dollhouse and they had it it was like events every day of the month wasn't it yeah damn near it It was was like almost like yeah i feel like it was like 20 some 24 25 Mm -hmm. events in 30 30 days yeah it was a lot 
Yeah. It took us three months to plan that. It was nuts. It was crazy. Yeah, I was there as well. Yeah, it was super dope. Um, sorry, but you were saying like you kind of took a break um, after that. Um, it was yeah, it was a weird at that time. Like doll, Dollhouse was probably like at that time like my biggest thing that I did and was obsessed with and loved it. But I was actually like in a like pretty like really toxic abusive relationship and. And I think I just had like a, a big mental health crisis in in that year, and feel and, that, and was like, I need to take a break. I need to go away. And mm-hmm. It got worse actually for a while because once I removed all the things that I really really enjoyed, or they were removed from me too, from just like ways that I was behaving or lashing out at people, um, then I became even more unhappy. And so a lot of just a lot of like bullshit internally was happening for me and had to take that break and so I was so scared to get back into everything actually Mm. for years that's why I didn't do anything for so long well also like the pandemic yeah and you have babies yeah and the babies yeah I had a whole nother baby yeah three (laughs) I got three now yeah it's a that was another part of it too where I was like okay I'm having another baby I need to chill out but yeah it was it was rough and the pandemic, I think, was actually personally good for me. A lot of good happened for me throughout of it. I got a chance to like just be home with the kids and not feel that FOMO or worry of I'm mm-hmm. missing out on things and, and feeling like I was inadequate or something because I wasn't doing events or performing or doing anything. I was mm-hmm. just sitting at home. And um, anybody who knows me knows that like when I ha- started having kids, I was very much so like there's nothing wrong if you want to be a stay-at-home mom there's nothing wrong with that at all I think that's beautiful it's the hardest job in the world but that's not for me I don't want to stay at home and just be a mom I want to do stuff I want to I want to show my kids that you can do stuff and be a mom and mm-hmm. and guys Shan- Shante has like the most beautiful little three baby <laughs> baby boys well they're not all babies anymore right one four and seven cute yeah, yeah they're, they're so gonna, cute they're gonna be trouble i think they're gonna be trouble <laughs> when they get older oh for sure <laughs> um so so yeah so you're kind of you're picking things back up now um yeah i tried to honestly throughout the pandemic i had all these ideas of like things to try to do and even started some things like we actually started doing a, a visual podcast called okay bitch and um it wasn't the same but we just the first episode we actually filmed the first episode and it was all about the word bitch and like the history of it and like um basically reclaiming that word mm-hmm. um never put it out but it was it was just fun to do but even throughout the process of creating that it felt so like bogged down by i i don't even know i was just like so scared to get back into things like didn't mm-hmm. it didn't feel like myself at all so it's really cool now that doing all the events that we have coming up this weekend um that it's like fully fledged like where i'm like okay i'm back i got this can i say that you're um like i really appreciate the like the branding like even like your the name like okay bitch like all of the Thanks. like tags and everything are like so fun and on point um i really appreciate that but yeah it's the return she she's back yes um that's so exciting <laughs> no that's so exciting and like yeah, I mean, how do you feel about it in general, like, with, like, I don't know, the pan- like, COVID and, like, stuff and, like, hmm. events? Like, I don't know. Um, it's it's really interesting. I actually, like, I used to be really worried at co- about COVID at first, like, when, um, before my mom passed, because I was worried about giving her COVID or in mm-hmm. any way getting her sick. But for some reason, after she passed, I cared a lot less. I still care because of my kids and everything, but for whatever reason now I don't the fear is kind of gone and I'm just more so excited to do things and it feels like such a good time to do it because life stopped for everybody right Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of people it's like everybody's starting over in the same way so I don't feel in any way like I'm behind I'm missing out on things I'm not I need to think of this 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 um the next best thing or something like really creative or impressive I'm just kind of like okay I'm just going to do stuff Mm -hmm. and that's how it was in the beginning because none of the competition or anything existed it was just like let's just do stuff yeah so it just kind of feels like everything's restarting again and the pressure isn't really there and it's just like man i just want to bring us all together again Mm -hmm. just yeah so it's so cool when the people who own east room even though east room doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. it's called easy does it r.i.p east room i know (laughs) but um they they contacted me and were like you want to do pussy control again i was like a week after lala uh, 
I honestly was so scared to do it, but I was just like, man, fuck it. Let's just do it. Let's uh, let's just go for it. And then I was like, let me hit up every woman that I would love to be a part of it and that can. And and yeah, so it's going to be, I think it's going to be awesome. Be I'm so super cool. excited. Yeah. Yes. It's so, it's going to be at Chop Chop yes. on the 7th, 7th, August 7th. Yes. Um, yeah. We'll definitely yes. be there. Yeah. I haven't, I don't think I've even told you like the full lineup, right? No. Like, was, okay, let me see. I wrote this down in my yes. little handy dandy notebook. It's an exclusive. <laughs> exclusive. <laughs> burr, 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 burr. <laughs> Bitch, I can't read this shit. Okay, so my friend, my friend Angie wrote this, but okay, so it's uh, King Ines, Amira, Mia, who does the scarves, Mia Lee. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. She did, yeah. a, she did the like uh, mural and outside of the dollhouse too. Um, and then uh, OG, mm-hmm. she does, you know. Um, yes. Oh my God, why can't design? I? Yeah, her clothing, OG mm-hmm. brand. Yeah. And Bianca Pastel, mm-hmm. and then Cash Era, this younger girl called Inusin. I think that's how you pronounce it. I hope it's how you pronounce it. And then you, me. And then there's a couple of like surprise little pop ups. Yeah. That are coming through. I think that's it. So fun. It. But I think it's gonna be so cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. super excited. Yeah, yes. we're definitely gonna like do something really dope yeah for sure it's gonna be lit um and yeah and you have but you have some other events you're doing like an official Lollapalooza after party yeah that was actually nuts so when so I mean for anybody that really knows like me and Stefan knows like our traumatic experiences and very public like like stuff that we went through and that's um, uh the baby daddy yeah baby daddy yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it wasn't good for a while but uh like we started working together again and it's been really like a lot has changed we've both like healed in a lot of ways gone to therapy and like just handled a lot of things internally that we needed to handle and so we were just talking one day and honestly i think it was at the beginning of july and we were like we should just do some parties and then we were like we should do as many as possible (laughs) so then within like one week we had planned all of this and it actually was five shows initially but two of them didn't work out so now yeah we have three shows friday is the official lala one and it's at subterranean um and that's with nez and me stefan hate sunny um and then there's some surprise ones coming there too sick (laughs) and then saturday is virgin hotel and that one's with vic vic Mm minza and stefan and i again and this this uh guy land party cool um so you're gonna be tired. Oh yeah, gonna be tired. <laughs> or energized off of all of the. I'll be energized expression. while it's happening, <laughs> and then afterwards I'll be in bed for like three days, <laughs> four days, if I can. But you can't really. That's fun. So. Are you planning to go to Lala? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm gonna take um, the kids too. I usually try to take the kids every year, at least one day. Fun. Manhattan loves music, and he loves Post Malone. Nice. So we're gonna try to take him to that. That'll be sure. so fun. Uh, it will be, especially because he's almost eight now, and he's he's just so such a human being. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's just so cool to see kids grow up. He's yeah. so cute. And yeah. then Sunday, Blind Barber. This one hasn't been announced yet, um, or it might have been announced today by some people, but I didn't post it. No, we're but it's our um, it's our our gay show. <laughs> and there's gonna be like drag performances. Yeah. And our our like good friend Alex Chapman, who's actually. Uh, he's Kim Petra's DJ. Dope. She's a really, really cool artist. Um, but that's going to be dope. That's going to be a really good show, too. That's super exciting. Yeah. So, so, got a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal, right? No big deal. <laughs> no, that's amazing. We're trying um, to plan, like, one of that. And we're like, <laughs> <laughs> No, it's honestly, it's it's so frustrating. It is so hard. There's so many things to get keep track of, but... I mean, once you start doing it, the more and more, you just like with this, right? Like, I'm sure the first couple times you did it, you were like, what are we doing? And then as soon as you do it more and more, you know what the fuck you're doing. So, right. You'll, you'll get there. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Any day now. <laughs> Figuring it out. So, you, you just mentioned like a bunch of people that you're collaborating with now, but you have like a long history of like so many like amazing collaborations with artists and brands. Um, I mean, you've like clap. You've worked with everyone from like 
I don't know if Sam has. Like, yeah, I mean, you work with, like, Adidas, Nike, Red Bull, of course, right? Um, yeah. Like, I mean, some of the people on your list, it's just, like, bitch, what? Like, <laughs> can you, like, uh, I mean, obviously Chance, Childish Gambino, Kehlani, Kendrick, Kanye, like, the Kardashians, like, what? <laughs> like, um, um. Yeah, so my question was going to be, like, do you have, like, a favorite artist, like, in your, like, in your work that you've collaborated with or like a favorite story oh my gosh Ooh, or just a like a one. fun one doesn't have to be fave oh man the only story that probably popped in my head right away was like this Kanye story when I was doing Coachella with um, Jordan Woods and, and like we were with Kylie and it was like everybody you can imagine was like right there but it's, it would be a lot better to see it in person but so there was one point where we were just all walking backstage and I remember Kanye had like this this big smile on his face and I was stand I was walking right next to him and I tripped over something and he just like looked to the side real quick like what the fuck and then looked back again and then smiled again and I just remember that moment being like what the hell just happened oh my god but that's not the best story but that's a, the first one I could think of but that would be me tripping in front of well, him. right he, he oh doesn't typically like smile in public that often yeah this was an interesting <laughs> time this was a long time ago too I think it was like 2016 I think it was right before I found out I was pregnant with Ashlyn, my second son. So, it was a while ago. It was it. That was an interesting time for sure. But I can't think of like any. I I should have thought about this before. No, that's crazy already. You're just like I was just at Coachella, you know, <laughs> doing this set with Jordan Woods. Like. Oh, you know what was the, okay? I have a good one actually. So a couple days ago, and honestly, some of these things aren't that exciting. Like, like some of the people you mentioned, like Chance, like he's my son's godfather, and. Like, like I've been close to him for a long time, so it may seem like it's like, oh, my God, you know this person, but it's like, nah, I mean, I knew him before he blew up. Right. And same thing with a lot of people, but with the other you know, day, i just been doing this, <laughs> you know. You know, it's not new to me. <laughs> um, but, man, I hope she doesn't get mad at me for saying this, but one of my really, really good friends, she's like my sister. Uh, she's a singer, too. Her name's Erin Allen Kane, and she... Um, we were I was just in LA with her I was out there actually for Chance's show and like randomly Stevie Wonder calls her (laughs) and and is like hey I want to work on this I want you to be on my next album and so we went to the studio with Stevie Wonder and I was like I'm just so like I was like I remember calling my little brother and like screaming like what the fuck I was just (laughs) hanging out with Stevie Wonder and when I walked in he was like so what's your name and I was like, Shantae, he's like, what you got for me? I was like, uh, I brought Aaron. And uh, he was like, you don't got no cookies, no food. Oh, my God. I was like, no, no. <laughs> I was like, you can have my phone. <laughs> so it was just, I'll never forget that moment. That was one of the coolest moments of my so life. Okay, noted. If I ever meet Stevie Wonder, take bring cookies. cookies. Yes, take him it's cookies. very important. He, it was know. so fucking cool. I can't even get over that. Like, I was definitely fan. I have very few moments where I, like, fangirl over people and that was definitely one of them where I had to hold it in with all I could for <laughs> sure that sounds like a really fun experience though yeah um so you obviously have been pretty successful um made some moves I'm like do you think that you are there any like I don't know like big lessons from your work or like I don't know like tips or th- anything you would want to pass on to like younger like women especially women of color who are interested in like starting their own creative projects or like getting involved in like i don't know djing or nightlife in general oh yeah like one of the one of the biggest things i would say for like young women of color or just women of color in general like if you're trying to start to do something is like trust yourself because there are a lot of like people who for many different reasons will try to tell you not to do something like be like this is not a good idea or i don't like this and a lot of times it's like a projection of something they feel internally and not actually a re- like a, a true opinion of your work or mm-hmm. what you're doing. And so it's just like, man, if you want to do something, do it. Don't just don't let somebody tell you you shouldn't or stop doing it. And that was like really hard for me at some points. And then the biggest thing, like being a mom was because I, fe- I felt like I was one of the first people in my friend group and and in the music scene I guess to have kids and publicly have kids and then be like at the club trying to DJ and work and 
and I used to get like asked a lot, like, where where are your kids? I'm like, what the fuck you mean? Where are my kids? Like, they're not they're here. Sleeping. So I would always say, I would always joke and be like, they're in the car. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I always noticed that like my male counterparts would never get asked that question, even though they had kids. So it would be like, why, why do you feel the need to ask me that or tell me that I should be home with my kids? Like, things like that. So that was like a big uh, hurdle to overcome was like, the, like the feeling like people were judging me for not being at home with my kids 24 7 was like I'm always home with them like I'm gonna do what I want to do and do the work that I want to do and still be a good mom and so that that's like a really big one and then as far as DJing I always tell people like it's so easy to DJ nowadays like with computers doing it for you or or programs or, or a controller and the way that I learned was on vinyl you like learn on vinyl learn by ear do it like go practice just take two records and practice and mix it by ear so that you can actually learn like the actual like skills of of DJing not just like be like ah I got good music taste I'm gonna go play some songs like, no actually learn how to DJ um, yes, yeah I hope that's informative <laughs> I think so yeah um for sure um practice right I think that like oh my god practicing yeah. DJing you probably like yeah or just any like any like endeavor like, really just like yeah. put like time into it i feel like a lot of people like talk about things that they want to do it's like actually like get your hands do on it, it yeah. right or try and fail a lot of times i've noticed a, a lot of um the younger i'm like i feel like my old lady but like the younger people like maybe about 10 years older than me i've noticed this pattern of people like wanting to do something or thinking they're going to make it big or having these like grand um, illusions or goals of things they want to do in life but then not knowing how to actually put the work in mm -hmm. and also setting themselves up by for failure by saying like hey if I, I can't do it this way then I'm not going to do it mm -hmm. it's like just do it do the do it the way you can do it with the resources you have mm -hmm. and if you fail I don't really believe in failure because I'm like everything you learn from right but if you fail or you mess up you just learn and do it better the next time. Right. And a lot of people don't, I guess, don't think that way lately. I think there's so much quality stuff out or so much stuff out that people psych themselves out mm -hmm. by like, right. paying attention to it. And then they just never do what they want to do. And it's like, just do it because you're going to regret not doing it more than you would regret failing mm -hmm. or looking stupid or whatever you might think might happen, you know? Right. Well, yeah, with social media, like, it, I think it can be easy for people to think like, this is supposed to be easy or I'm mm -hmm. supposed to do things perfectly like from the jump because that's like what you see online but um even all the work that goes into this like people have no idea until they do lot. it how much work it's like it's not just sitting down and recording and talking like you do research you have this space you have to edit things you have to animate things scheduling to, yes it's yeah. so much and money like there's so <laughs> many things that go into things that I think people don't don't realize or see and so then they think it is more attainable than it actually is totally um yeah no definitely and i think that that was really interesting too what you were saying before about um yeah like being a woman and, and like people having like different like expectations or of you that are like having different like approaching you in, in ways that are, are different than they would approach like your male counterparts in the same mm -hmm. situations and just like like the respectability kind of like box that like i like i feel like a lot of women like feel like they need to fit in to be taken like perf as like professional or something like that oh, um yeah. oh my god like i've been like kind of thinking about this lately like for myself and just like even the way that like i'm portrayed on or like portray myself on social media and just like like oh you can't be hot and professional or right? something oh my like God. that, that was, when you, you were saying I mean? this that was the first thing i was thinking in my head i was like when you're trying to be professional you can't fuck who you want you can't do what you want as a woman because then people treat you like you're a whore you're a hoe you're like no respect and it's like man what you can be really good at something and do what you want sexually or be a human being yeah. be hot express like, yourself i feel yeah, like you can it's... show your body and not be a whore like it's cool i feel like i don't know maybe I'm curious what your experience maybe is like with this, but this feels like such a like it's such a strong mentality in Chicago specifically mm -hmm. that you are either like this type of woman or that type of woman. And it, I I don't know if you've experienced this like as strong in other places, but like 
yeah, it's so limiting for women, like, yeah. where you have to present yourself, like, in this very strict way to be taken seriously. It's like, some days, some days we got some fire selfies, some days we <laughs> talking about social justice, some days we right? posting artwork some days you i mean know? especially like, when the men in the city literally do whatever they want uh-huh. like yeah you have like 30 bodies if you're a man but if you're a woman you have like seven then people are like oh my god right um, no it definitely yeah i i think it honestly happens everywhere but because we're here we experience it more but I, i've definitely noticed a lot how it's a catch-22 it's like if people find you more attractive they want to work with you more in a lot of ways but then if you're hypersexual in a lot of ways or like people don't respect or approve of your the way you show your body or how you hold yourself then then you get that negative experience as well so it definitely goes both ways and it it sucks but i do think that's almost everywhere like being a woman in general like mm-hmm. in america we're hypersexualized we're objectified but then we're supposed to be like sweet little innocent beings at the same time right yeah i'm just like can the work like speak for itself i don't know do what the fuck i want i can pop my pussy anywhere i want to go but like go look at all the work i've done it's cool like it's good (laughs) look at all of this shit that i've executed thoroughly like if you don't like who the fuck cares just like let people do what they want as long as you're not hurting somebody else like like oh totally do whatever you want yeah yeah no, for sure no, that's real because you do i mean you do be looking really hot and all your stuff eh. so i can imagine like the shit that you get or like people trying to come to you because i don't even post stuff like that and then eh. when i do post anything even kind of like that the responses and stuff that the thirst that comes through <laughs> that shit is so i can imagine yeah wait okay shantae's social media though is like hilarious like can i say like i just like go to your page for like the memes and they're so i just know i'm gonna like laugh every time it's really on point it's very very recent great no great meme curation i will say if anything just follow her for that i'm trying to to be a meme page that's my that's my whole goal in life right now (laughs) definitely have i don't know somebody told me that's a lot of people been telling me that more recently like when did you turn into a meme page? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I just thought this stuff was funny. It's so funny. But then I started noticing, like, the, you know, the, whatever the Instagram algorithm or whatever, like, all, how many more views and, like, mm-hmm. responses I was getting. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to keep posting whatever I want then. That's good. And it works, yeah. Yeah. But also funny. before all of that, we used to post, like, skits a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like it, it's it's on brand, you know? yeah it makes sense no definitely well yeah so shante has like you have like a background in in acting and uh like comedy as well right yeah you studied at second city yeah i went to second city uh did improv uh yeah after dropping i dropped out of columbia because it was too expensive so expensive and then well i mean i didn't really drop out they were like you you can't get a loan for your second year so i was basically forced out Mm -hmm. but then when that when that happened, I started full-time acting and went to Second City and took a bunch of classes at, like, the acting studio and just other other acting places that I can't remember right now. But, yeah, I was doing full, full-time acting before I started doing anything, actually, here. Like, music, DJing, anything. So, on that note, I'm like, yeah, like, what is, like, what's next? I know you have, like, these events and stuff. If you could have, like, a your dream budget or something like that like what kind of like event would you throw or like what i don't know that's kind of a big question yeah um honestly i would probably do something similar to dollhouse but just like times 10 but also i would love to do like a sketch sketch comedy show because i always wanted as a kid i always wanted to be on snl that's like my favorite show of all time and so um like, if I were to have my dream world, would be able to do these, like, really big experiential events that were free for everybody to go to, included anybody, gave money to whoever we could give money to, mm-hmm. and and even, like, like how we would do with uh, Cliché, um, it would be, like, sliding scale, like, donations. If you, if you could afford to donate, cool. If you couldn't, cool. But um, just, like, really inclusive to anybody and everybody, and really intentional, mm-hmm. and... Um, but then also I would love to have like a TV show where we just did dumb shit, like, like a woman's version of the Chappelle show. That would be, I would watch it. If they're funders listening, give them a TV show. (laughs) Give me money. (laughs) 
dope. Well, I'm like, yeah, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Um, I can't wait to go to all of the parties yes. and um, for, yeah, Pussy Control is going to be so fun. I can't wait to see, like, what we do for it. Right. We got to plan that. We got to yeah. not plan it. We just got to do it. We got to do it. Yeah, Dude, we're going to figure it out. We got this. That's what we did with the hotel. Yeah. Talk about that. The MCA checks in. It was oh, Lori yeah. Simmons, like, paying homage to Lori Simmons. Yeah, that it was, was so cool. That was really cool. That was so cool. That was fun. That yeah, was so we're going to, I'm like, we're going to go even, even, even harder. Yeah, let's this. go harder. Yeah. Yes, let's do it. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited. But, yeah, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Did thank you, have you for anything? being you. Yeah, thank um, you for all of the fucking contributions um, that you've made to, like, the Chicago, like, nightlife scene and, like, making, like, safe spaces for women and... Being unapologetic. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to be that way. Like, it's like that shock value, right? Gets mm-hmm. people to pay attention, but it also says, like, I'm reclaiming this. I don't give a fuck what you think. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yes. We're here for it. Yeah. Well, yes. It's a wrap, then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is fun. Thank it was fun. Okay, bye. <laughs> see, you, see you later. <laughs> <laughs>